everyone. Welcome to episode 38 of the CFC Talk podcast. It's me, Alex. I'll be your host for tonight. You may notice that there's a Muhammad-shaped hole on your screen that's missing. Uh, I'm well informed that he's, he'll be back in a couple of, in, I think, next week for our Fulham review. But until then, I'm joined by my reliable co-host as ever, Amart. It's great. It was a real pleasure to have you on as usual. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know each other. Yeah. So we've been doing this for so was, long. It's like I wasn't expecting you to. Uh, I wasn't expecting to have a, a reply to that. That's why. <laughs> so it's all good. We'll let the viewers. We'll let the viewers. Uh, we'll keep that one in. But yeah, it's like once we've been doing this for so long, it's so. It feels weird to introduce you now when we, we've been doing so many of these. But but yeah, look, we're here today to kind of talk. We're, we're going to gloss over our Morecambe uh, result and look forward to our very uh, closest derby. I think there's, there's, yeah, Fulham is only down. I mean, hell, Stamford Bridge is on Fulham Road. So it doesn't really get much of a closer derby, at least, than for Fulham. But before we get into that, a 4 0 win, good result. To, it's, I mean, we all wanted uh, to get through the next round. The FA Cup's a big competition for us. But the type of performance, did that really, did that, do you think for you, did that, kind of reinstall some at least some confidence in this team after a bit of a or a lot of a dry run over the past five six games yeah i mean the performance was good it was very very good but we really can't judge the performance like with all um due respect to um morikambi is it morikambi or morikamp uh it's it's morikam doesn't it i think morikam so, so Morecambe, we you know they are not really a tough like opposition. So we can play our best football against them, but I'm not going to really da- judge um, us based on that. But like what what I saw was good, like the the link up play between Havertz and Ziyech and Werner was very very good, and um, Ziyech got I think two assists. No, yeah, one assist. And then um, Havertz got a goal with an assist, and then Venn also got a goal. So it builds their confidence because they've not really been involved in goals as of late. I think it's only Havertz that had an assist against um, City, right? So um, we needed Venn to break his goal drought. This is the longest goal drought he has, he has ever been on. So we needed him to score a goal at least. So I think it builds their confidence. Yeah, in terms of uh, Morecambe, I mean, I think Newcastle. They, I think Newcastle played Morecambe earlier in the season and beat them seven <laughs> nil. But it's, I think this Morecambe team they are in good. They were in actually decent form coming into this game. They had, I think they had a change of manager and they won four on this. Or that was a while ago. I think they changed their manager, but they. They've won their last four games, and today when they came into the game, like from minute one, they were it was they were sat back. It was gonna it was gonna be hard to break them down. Yeah, but but yeah, at the end of the day, we had. I, I do think uh, I'm glad that we had Ziyech in for this game for sure. We definitely needed his creativity and to get an over the top uh, to to see Hudson Odoi get deservedly the goal and assist. And the goal from uh, Z- to get a goal from one of the ZX passes was was pretty satisfying. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think this was the first time too that we've seen ZX and Havertz and Werner link up for a goal. 
yeah it was it was interesting like the all three of them so the, yeah it was the ziet cross the um habits setup yeah. and Werner to get the goal yeah that was that was nice to see that was a nice what 200 million 150 million pound goal right there <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to see more of that in the league <laughs> yeah yeah we do against it's tough for opposition and there's no better way to start than against fulham but we'll get into that a bit later but yeah looking at the goals though i mean the first one it was ah oh, i want to see i really want to see mount try and shoot a lot more from outside the box i know he does he does try sometimes when he does have the space but i want to see him doing it a lot more because it seems like other than when when we don't have Ziyech in the team, our only strategy is to cross. So, and Mount is the only one, do you think, who can really pull off these long shots? I think Ziyech can also do that. I think he scored a lot of yeah. long shots from, uh, long way shots from uh, when he was in Ajax. So I think Ziyech is the second person. Kovacic tries, he tries a lot, but usually I see him as Kanti. Kanti also trying mm. shots. When Kanti tries a shot, you, you you know it's a 50-50 chance because he's not really that kind of player. I think there's an unwritten rule that Kovacic, he, he, he's not allowed to score unless it's a volley or he takes the ball down to then kind of <laughs> pass it into the bottom left corner. That's yeah. the, he's scored that same type of goal about three times over the past couple of seasons. And but, Emerson, but yeah. Emerson also tried a lot of long-range shots. Yeah, that, yeah. that is a point. I think he tried. He tried like three times, but he, they were either blocked or saved. And I think he he's also a good candidate for trying long range shots. To be fair, also Chilwell, I think when he's in the team. But yeah, Emerson, it was weird at the start of the game. He did find it looked like he was he was just receiving the ball in these central positions just outside of their penalty box. So. Why not? It was good. Yeah, it was good to see yeah, him. He really, he really wanted to make a difference. He wanted, he wanted to put a stamp on this, uh, on the, on the club. But I mean, I, I don't know. After yes, after yesterday's performance, I think he will be, he will be, he will be like he will, he will stay longer at the club than Alonso. Uh, Alonso, I think he might go very, very soon. But and and it's weird. Before the season started, we we thought Emerson was the one that might leave, and then Alonso will stay. But now things have changed and. Alonso might leave and Emerson might be Chilwell's backup. Yeah, I think ever since the West Brom game, I think, I mean, I'm not even sure Marcus Alonso can, I mean, in order to count as a Chelsea player, you have, you have to play at least, what, even a minute? <laughs> nah, he's not he's not played as a single minute, I don't think, after the West Brom game, I don't think. So, yeah, is I think his Chelsea career is dead pretty much. Uh, the way that I, I think uh, the rumours that he sat onto the went onto the team bus after he got subbed off and just watched Netflix, I think that might be there. Uh, that's probably that is a rumour, but I know he, I think it's pretty well reported that he did go onto the team bus after, yeah, uh, instead of at, at half time. And yeah, I think it's just yeah, he, he, it's he, sad he just, to see he just, he just zoned out of the game. But I see the thing. The annoying thing was that he was the reason why we were down in the first place. See, he was one of the reasons why we were down. He wasn't really good in the whole game, and then, and instead of you sitting back and backing the team, you you just went off to the bus and you weren't even watching the game. Like we're just doing something else. So, 
I think yeah. it's it's good. It's good. At first, I was like, I was like, maybe it's it's a bit unfair not to put him in the game or not to give him game time. But when you think about it, it it doesn't really speak well of the mentality we have at Chelsea. Like we need players that love the club to be playing for the club. But if he doesn't care about what is going on, what's the reason for even playing him? Exactly. Um, it does feel I, I've, a part of me is a little disappointed because. We all know how good he can be at left wing back, but it's just in a normal back four. He just things just, just really doesn't work out for him, and we haven't really gone. We haven't really used a back three at all this season, so it's a little. I'm, I feel for him, but yeah, same time there's a required professionalism from Chelsea, and yeah, I hope at least when he leaves, we should be able to get a decent fee because of his reputation as a. One of the, arguably, yeah, one of the best left wing backs in the world. So, yeah, at some, well. I, think, I think at some point in his career, he was he was our highest scorer. At some point in his yeah. career, so, yeah. So definitely, <laughs> he he he. I I think based on that, uh, Marina can get something uh, substantial for him. But but like back to the Mount thing, I think the reason why Mount doesn't really get chances to shoot outside is because I think. No, like that's our problem. We can't really at, we can't really attack or build up play from the middle. We usually use the wings, and then when we come to the middle, the middle becomes very very tight. So probably yeah, they can try more. And you can you you see that even Ziyech when he was in Ajax, he was trying a lot. He cuts in and then he takes the shots. He can't really do that when he's at um, Chelsea because they know what he's capable of, and I think. The defenders, the defenders have already have also known what or seen what Mount is capable of, so they know when he's about to take a shot and or, or not. So, I think probably that is it. But he needs to find spaces to take those shots because he's very good when he takes them. He's usually on target, so he 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 needs to find those spaces and take more shots like Lampard did. When a lot of teams are sending back, it is quite f- hard to find space to. Well, actually, no. When they're sending back, I guess there is that. Yeah, it's easier to do to get takes, but you just have to take them from quite far out. But sorry, <laughs> looking from the other goals, at least it, I mean, Timo uh, finally getting his, I think, what, thir- 13, 14 games now? Uh, yeah. I've since, seen, since, since early um, November or so. November. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I. I, I <laughs> It was a relief. I'll say at least I was relieved, but it was still. I mean, it was a tap in. But you say it could be said that yeah, we need you need strikers to score those, and sometimes it, it's it can be better for them to get that tap in to kind of rekindle their confidence. And do you think are we still? Do you think are you convinced that Timo's out of that this kind of rut, or do we need to see him score against Fulham and then kind of take that form into the next couple of games before we? Can kind of, I mean, I'm consider hoping, him to be out of this. I'm rut. hoping, I'm hoping he is because I think when he was in Leipzig last season, he had a little bit of a goal drought. I think it was a six-game goal drought or so, and he and he ended it with a penalty, and then after that he got a hat trick in the next game. So I think he, he, it, it's possible, but I don't know. I don't even the game. To be honest, in the game, he wasn't really that impressive. Like. Throughout the game, you could see he was still struggling in certain areas. He couldn't beat his 
um, the defenders and all that. But he was he was really linking up very very well with Havertz. I think when Havertz is on form, it makes Timo better. I think that's one thing that we have to um, um, realize as well. But I think without Havertz in the in the squad, it was affecting him a bit. And Havertz was the is the one that is supposed to be feeding him balls. He's the one supposed to be linking up play with him very very well. They were doing it, but. I think apart from the goal, Timo really, really wasn't that. I, I don't think he's there yet or he's back to his form yet. But the goal is scoring a goal is always a confidence booster, no matter what the goal is, whether it's whether it's a a, a good a tapping or an accidental goal or whatever it is. It's always a confidence booster. So I'm hoping it boosts his confidence. And what better team than Fulham to? actually start scoring goals again so i'm just hoping yeah i agree but yeah i mean in all fairness to him when the team like like more can come and sit back for so much of the game it's there's not going to be much space for him to kind of get in behind and do what team Werner is known for but yeah it was interesting that i don't know do you think we did go for a 4-3-3 today or it definitely looked like habits was kind of a bit more tied to the striker. He was perhaps in his number 10 position. I don't know if he'd been instructed to stick around the striker a bit more. But I, think, I, I don't know. I, I think Lampard said it be, be after the game. Yeah, it wasn't a press conference. Yeah, I think he said it after the game. That I think I even shared the 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 um, quote on my Twitter page. He said that the we played a 4-3-3. We started, play, we started with a 4-3-3. But I think he said that what people don't realize the four three three is that the two number eights are not stagnant. They are not, they don't move in a line. One has to go forward and one has to come back. So usually, the one that moves forward moves into the number ten position, and then when he comes back, he he goes back to the number eight position. So it it changes, and that's what he said at the end of the game. And I think that is what happened. But the thing was, we were seeing Havertz play more in that number ten position, even though he started as a number eight. And he was playing more in number ten position. So, and he was very comfortable there. He was very good there. So th- there wasn't any um, reason for him to be rotating or or interchanging with Mount. So Mount usually stayed back and he moved forward. So I think that is exactly what they did on the pitch. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Like it, some you see a lot of some people on Twitter saying, "Oh, we want to see Mount in the pivots." And through this, I guess I mean I guess it's always been like that, but we just haven't seen it. But Seeing Mount kind of drop back and seeing this Mount Gilmore pivot, it do, it does look quite promising. But I guess it it, it was Morecambe at the end of the day, yeah, so exactly. there's only so much we can conclude from it. But looking at the other goal scorers, at least it was oh, it's great to see Cho again, considering his sorry, um, continuing his good form and it, I mean it's nice, it, ah, good, really good assist from Ziak. Do you think, I mean, hudson Doy, at least for now, is he penciled in at left wing over Pulisic to you? I don't, I don't, I don't really think so, but I think he will, he'll be featured more, but if Pulisic is fit, he might be rotated um, with Pulisic. But considering how well he played against Morecambe, Mo I think um, he might start against Fulham, but he was very good. He was very, very good, to be honest. He was very good. I think we've been seeing here that sometimes the issue with um, column is that when he starts, you don't really know what kind of column you get. Are you going to get the 
um, a certain column or you're going to get a, a, the column that um, runs and runs to the uh, to the end of the, the almost getting closer to the um, goal line or the buy line and then he returns back <laughs> to to the defense so we didn't get that we got we got excellent column and he did very very well he was <laughs> He was crossing. I mean, some of the passes that he was given, the back passes, the flicks. The, I was like, "Wow, this this is a this is a proper winger. We've always wanted a proper winger. This he's a proper winger." So, if 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 um, I think you'd be irritated more with um, Pulisic. Pulisic definitely isn't out of the team. He's he's still returning to fitness. Even when he came in, you can see that he's still returning to fitness. He wasn't totally fit. The way the way Pulisic plays after he returned from injury, you can see that he's He's playing with some little care. He doesn't want to go into injury again. So he's very, very careful when he's playing. And I think that holds him back a bit. So if he built his confidence enough, we can see the full bloom Pulisic that we saw last season after restart. So, yeah, but Callum was fantastic. And the goal that he scored was very good. He took the ball down from an excellent Ziyech pass. I mean, the passes that Ziyech was given in the game, they were all fantastic. Like, some of them didn't really work, but... I mean the passes he gave like the like that pass I gave to CH, I think he gave like like six or seven in the game. He gave passes like that like six. Even the pass that he gave to Havertz um before Venice go was also similar. He it was very it was very like I think when the way he gave the passes it reminded a lot of us of Fabregas, the way Fabregas gave um Costa passes and yeah, he did Callum did very very well to take that ball down and then then score the goal. It was the goalkeeper had had a, a little hand to it, but it still went in. And with the way he was performing, he had he he deserved at least maybe two goals. He he did he really did. Yeah, he looked sharp for sure. Well, I mean, it it is good to see him getting these goals. And with that, I do hope that his ability. I think. It's been a thing, I don't know, that other people haven't really said it much, but his ability to shoot into the corner, I don't know. He just seems like in previous seasons, he's just kind of lax. When he's ever he's shot, it's always been at the keepers. It was like straight at the keeper or it's not challenged the keeper enough. So, and I guess with when he, as he gets more goals, he's going to definitely improve on that. And so it is good to see that he... Got the goal and yeah, Ziyech. <laughs> he must, I wonder how many key passes Ziyech played today. It must be it must be something ridiculous. There were so or sorry yesterday, because he must have got quite a few. He was really running the show. Yeah, he was. He was really running I the can't show. Find it. <laughs> yeah, he was really he was really controlling them. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, good to see as well that Havertz, Havertz getting the goal. I was kind of praying, just saying, oh, God, we need, we need you to get a goal at some point, Havertz, to get your confidence up. And it was interesting. That we, I mean, there's probably, other, other than Giroud, that he's probably, would you say, he's pretty good in the air. I think he, I mean, he needs to, he's not particularly strong, but he uses his height well. Would you agree with that? Or Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. I think before he came to Chelsea, he he was one player that I really didn't follow much um, when he was in um, Bayer Leverkusen. I think I only saw one or two highlights from him. But when he was about to sign to Chelsea, I watched a lot of highlights. I know a lot of Chelsea fans also did that. 
uh, he he had a couple of goals that he scored with his head. He's very good in the air. He's tall, so he needs to use it. I think he's six foot. He's six four. So he has six four, six three, and he 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 has to use it. He has to use the height that he has. So I think if he doesn't, if he's not good in the air, then I really don't know why he's tall like that. <laughs> he has to he has to be using it. And yesterday he tried he tried a couple of times. I think that wasn't his first. Um, header um, attempt or headed attempt. He had, I think, two chances at goal. One with his head and one from a Werner pass. And yeah, he took it down well. I think he 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 didn't land properly, but and I was I was a bit worried when he landed because you could see on his face that he was in mm. some pain. But he, he looked a bit in pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he got up and he continued it. So. I think it's it's good. It's good. It's good that like all these players like featured in <clears throat> featured in the goals. Like I mean, they did very very well. I I think I wrote a stat somewhere. The commentator said something. I wrote down somewhere. Let me see whether I can find it. Yeah, him and Werner combined <clears throat> have had twenty six goal contributions this season, and it's very very good. <laughs> Havertz and Werner they've had twenty six goal contributions this season in all competitions. So. Let's see, let's see how it goes, and we are almost halfway through the season. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm interested to see how many of those were uh, cup games against uh, against Morecambe and others, because I think, uh, yeah, the Havertz hat trick. Well, probably I think got one against. Oh, I can't remember who we played. That's not he no, it was in the one where Havertz, the Havertz hat trick. Yeah, the Havertz hat trick. Werner didn't score. Werner scored his first goal no. against um, Spurs. Yeah. So yeah, I w- want to see more of that in the or getting them racking up the goals and just in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. But it is a good sign though. I mean, it's crazy. I think I saw the stat that I think Giroud's Giroud's got eight, Tammy's got nine, Werner's got ten, or it might be a. Slightly different order way around, but it's pretty good to see that normally whenever we have we've got three strikers, normally it's because one of them. Oh, don't make me mention Morata, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just like we had Morata and Higuain and all these guys. Not none of them, or only one of them, was really performing. But whether all three are is it's really good stuff. I think I think the team it's it's somehow beginning to look like those um early um Lampard, Drogba, Balak, those kind of players, like where you could get goals from anywhere on the pitch. And I think that's how the team is now. Like the team anybody can score goals. Like the first eleven, anybody at all gets a chance can score. So I think I like how the team is now than having designated scorers like last season. Um, Tammy Abraham had the lion's share of the goals. It's, it's now spread because of how the, the the team has been rotated and anybody who comes in delivers. So I think it's a good sign. Also a nice change from hell, th- two or three years ago when essentially everything went through Eden Hazard and goal. Uh, like in, if we were to, to score, it would... We'd either need Hazard to score or Hazard to assist or Hazard to at least make something out of nothing. Whereas now we have threats. It's, it's so good to have, say, Ziyech on the right. But then there's also the directness of Hudson-Odoi on the left. 
Mason Mount and Havertz as well. And Gilmore. it's just, oh, it's nice to have danger men around the pitch as opposed to just yeah, and even, everything. And even in defence, like the the four main defenders have all gotten on the score sheet this season. And Zuma, Thiago Silva, Chilwell and, and James. So even in defence, we are deadly. Agreed. So going, okay, let's get in, let's go talk a bit about the defense then. So Kepa, he, it's it's an interesting one. Like Frank has, I don't know how much of uh, what Frank is saying about him is just to boost his confidence, but Frank said good things about Kepa being in tra- playing or doing well in training, and and he played well today. I thought. I mean, it's. I think we were talking about it before we started recording, but he made a ridiculous save in the first half to kind of atone for moving a bit out of position. But it was a really good save. And he did inspire. I mean, I think there was a tweet that said, uh, claiming that the Morecambe substitute bench were were just uh, shouting at their players to shoot when they got 40, whenever they got 40 yards, sorry, within 40 yards of the goal. Because they thought, because they thought, ah, oh, it's Kepa. We can we can easily score, but jokes on them because we kept a clean sheet. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Would you say? I mean, I saw some reactions. I thought, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do given that Mendy's made mistakes in recent weeks, do you still do we still kind of have to keep Kepa as this cut? Cup keeper understudy to Mendy, or or do you think the status quo can change a little? Maybe. I mean, I'll always maintain my stance on Kepa. Kepa isn't really a bad goalkeeper. We all know that. He, I know some Chelsea fans will, will find it a bit difficult to to understand this, but Kepa isn't a bad goalkeeper. He just had confidence issues, and like when you have confidence issues, it affects your game. It affects. It affected Werner recently. It affected certain players recently um, in in their career. So it definitely affects you. But it seems like his confidence is being built back. And we, I think, we all alluded um, alluded alluded to the fact that if he has competition, this thing will come. Like this um, determination, this kind of form will come back. So I mean, it's still just against Morecambe, but he did well. And that, I, I, I remember that that save that you're talking about. It was a fantastic save. Um, and yeah, he, 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 he looked like his confidence was back. He was um, communicating with the defensive line more than at first. You could see him shouting. I was watching him a lot, especially in the second half. You could see him shouting at his defenders. You could see him like trying to uh, um, organize them when there's a free kick and all that. So he did very well, but... I mean, it's still against Morecambe, and it's good to see his confidence um, getting better and better. So, with many in the team, definitely with like competition, with good competition in the team, um, it will definitely boost his confidence. But a lot of people say, "Oh, it's Morecambe kept," but we shouldn't really take much uh, kind of. We shouldn't consider it that much. But do you think that we should at least give Kepa the chance to prove himself against? a Premier League opposition in Fulham and say, if he keeps the clean sheet, then who knows from there. But do you think we we should give... We Do you think that he deserves the opportunity to play against Premier League opposition, at least against a weaker team in Fulham, maybe, to kind of see 
whether he could be brought back as potentially number one. Even just, just I'm only thinking of it because Mendy's made a couple of mistakes in recent weeks, and yeah, I don't know. It, it feels bad that we say, "Oh, it's Morecambe," but then what? What more can Kepa do at this point? I think, yeah. So, what are your thoughts? I agree with you. I think you can only you can only beat the team that is put in front of you. So, I think whatever whatever whether it was Morecambe or not, his performance was good. Definitely, if we had lost to Morecambe, a lot of people would still criticize him. So, once that we've won, he also deserves the praise. So, yeah, I think he deserves it. He definitely deserves to play against um like Premier League opposition or something, but. He will get it. He will get it if only his performances continue like this. So if he's given certain chances like this, if he performs and impresses, definitely Lampard will put him in um, into the squad. So I, I, I really don't know. Because Mendy also needs to be rested when it comes to certain things. And I think right now with the league going back to one game a week, probably he might, get, he might not get that many appearances that's Kepa Kepa might not get that many appearances in the Premier League but if he continues to play like this especially with the draw that we've got against Luton he can he can he can really impress and when he presses Lampard you never know he might start against um teams like Fulham and and lead uh, as a leads um Fulham Sheffield and all that so yeah I guess we'll get into our predicted lineups or hoped lineups in a bit but I mean I put a tweet out after the game and some people I think disagreed with other people who were saying similar, but I would start, I really do hope that he does actually get the start against Fulham just to, just as a one-off thing. I mean, if he doesn't keep the clean sheet, makes a mistake or something like that, then he can remain as, as the men, the understudy, but, yeah, but I would like to see yeah, him. Yeah, oh, sorry, be, go on. No, no, I'm just saying that that would be risky. It would be a bit of a risk. Yeah. We've lost against Man City and we have to come back in the Premier League. So it would be a very risky thing to... And if it doesn't work out, you know the Lampard out brigade will be out on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. I, I kind of forgot about our... Pre- this, this Morecambe game, yeah, it, it's it's removed me from our barren Premier League run. And I'm... <laughs> so I guess... For, <laughs> I don't know. Because we have Fulham next, we have Fulham next week. Then we play Leicester. And then we have Luton Town, so maybe if maybe if Kepa can keep a clean sheet and then score from a penalty or something like that, maybe <laughs> then we can give him the chance against Wolves on <laughs> the game after. But yeah, it's good. I mean, it is a risky move to be fair. But if he's if he's going to get a chance against any team, it shouldn't be a easier or there shouldn't be a less challenging opposition than Fulham. So, yeah, if he's going to get a chance, I'd like to see him. But I understand that it's, it would be a risky move, but hey-ho. But looking at, I mean, before we get into the look a bit, look forward to this Fulham game, let's just talk about, I mean, were you surprised at least that, to see that Tomori didn't really, he didn't start, that despite um, barely playing this season, that Zuma still played ahead of him and he didn't get the chance to at least play 90 minutes. Yeah, I did. I was very, very surprised that he didn't start. But I mean, that it's further confirms that he might not be, um, he might go on loan. And so 
and I don't know when it came on to I feel a little like I like we were talking before the um the recording like I felt a little bad for him when he start when he started because he seemed like you see when you watch some of his interviews when he was playing regularly last season you could tell in his eyes that he was very 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 happy to be playing for Chelsea he was very happy to be representing Chelsea and I think that joy has left when he came on he didn't really show that kind of thing like he just came on to do his work and even made I think he made a mistake and but he covered his track so I think that was all good but um yeah seeing him not start means that he's going alone definitely probably by the time the window closes he might be gone but I'm just hoping that we send him on loan and we don't sell him because if we sell him man it might it might really come to bite us back so we 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 should we should loan him out and then because I don't think Christensen will be at the team at the at the in the team for long so he can always come in and fill that position and then Thiago Silva to only I don't think he also be around for that long um tomorrow is younger so definitely he there's 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 room in the future for him as long as the, as long as his issues with Lampard has have been solved or something yeah i mean you do see some rumors about i mean if if we say if we did get Declan Rice whether he'd be used at center back or defensive mid but uh I struggle to see a future for Tamori just because once Thiago Silva leaves, then I'd imagine that we would go out and buy someone of similar quality and that, you know, like a Jimenez or something. Or maybe we, Declan Rice would replace him. But I think after having asked that question before on Tamori, I think there was, there was a quote, I think, from Lampard mentioning that he didn't start because... Yeah, um, they're trying to line up a loan move. So maybe that was why. Which is a shame. But uh, I, as long as the loan is to a Premier League, uh, as long as it's to someone in the Premier League and he gets to start and, it, and their team name is not Sheffield United, then <laughs> hopefully, then uh, yeah, I'm hopeful for him to get some good experience at least and more game time. But I'm not sure what else. I mean, I guess it's... It's tricky to know what he actually has to do because, I mean, unless he's just not playing very well, then fair enough. But yeah, it's definitely I think something it, that I think it's more than that. I think it's probably an attitude problem because I, I think I read somewhere on the Athletic or I think with their podcast, their um, what's the name, um, straight, straight out of problem or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think they they said something about him having some attitude problems or. I don't think it's his performance. His performance, he he had some few mistakes that kept him out for some time. But I think probably there was something behind the scenes that we didn't really see because, according to Lampard, he trains well and all that. But I'm sure probably he might have said something or he might have acted in a particular way that Lampard didn't really like. And from the Alonso thing, you can see that when you go into Lampard's bad bad books, it's very very hard to come out of it. So I don't know. It might be. It's it's for me. It's more than just performance. I think it's something more than that. Yeah, that could be. Um, I, I was seeing some people talk about how with Hudson Odoi, perhaps there was some some behind the scenes um, issues because according to Lampard, now he's training really well, he's playing really well, and he's starting. 
So I don't know what's changed. Either he's decided, uh, Hasnadoy's decided that he's going to start training properly or that there were some behind-the-scenes issues that were perhaps attitude problems or something. Yeah, they're they are young players earning so much money. Sometimes certain things might get to their head. Sometimes they might be egotistical. Sometimes, like with Ahatsun Odoi, Bayern Munich coming for him. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. So that maybe might get to his head a bit or something. But I think sometimes it depends on the people you have around you. The people you have around you can speak to you, sit, sit you down and speak to you and be like, you're a young guy. Listen to the manager. If the manager wants this, you do that. If the manager doesn't want you to do that, because Lampard also had similar advices around him. That's why he became the player, the, the kind of player that he was, because he knew he knew it was good, but he wasn't really getting chances when he was at West Ham. But he still worked hard, and he when when the chance came, he took it, and you see where he landed up. But I think it's something it's it's young it's, it's something that happens a lot with their young players when they are earning a lot of money, it gets to their head and all that. So. Probably that's where the attitude issues come from. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything like definite that that's what happened, but I'm just speculating here that that might have been like the issue between them. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, yeah, it's just there's probably some kind of issue or Asian thing. But yeah, I mean, before one last thing before we get into the Fulham game it's I mean <laughs> I wanted to bring up some uh Matthew if you're listening here's here's where you gotta prick your ears up uh <laughs> no not for the TikToks but essentially yeah uh, this uh, for our viewers there's a American football legend I think I think he's American uh man called Alexei Lalas some of you FIFA nerds will probably know him from being an icon on FIFA or something like that but essentially after the Man City game he claimed that Pulisic Christian Pulisic was too is too good for Chelsea. <laughs> oh man! Now I'm not. I don't know about you, but uh, there's there's a level that has you have to be to be too good for Chelsea. And to be fair, the level that of players that Chelsea have nowadays. It's just such. It's just BS, isn't it? I can't get a beer on the bus here. It's yeah, yeah, it is. It's the most rubbish thing. I'm sorry I even brought it up. If I'm honest. It's just the most. I mean, yeah. The the the, the thing about that quote is that I only saw the quote. I didn't see what else he said about after that. I wanted to even hear more to see what, uh, well, the the club that he thinks politics should be at. But the thing is, I mean, <laughs> this already is a very very big deal for an american player and you know how big of a deal it was for Pulisic to move from Dortmund to Chelsea at the amount that he was bought it was very it was a very very big deal and most american um, football fans were happy about it and he has he, to be honest he hasn't really flopped at Chelsea he has delivered on every count to be honest like i mean his first game that he started he scored a hat trick that should just tell you that the guy is a good player but him being too good at Chelsea, man, I don't really think that's an that's it's a valid point. I mean, what is he basing it on? Is it because he just had a bad run, or because Pulisic isn't getting game time, or what? Like Pulisic, to be honest, if if it wasn't for his injuries, if it wasn't for his injuries, I don't think we'll be at where we are now. With Pulisic in the team, I don't think we'll be at where we are now on the on the on the table. The way he was performing. After restart last season, 
if it wasn't for the um, injuries and he was still performing like that for us, I think we would have lost the games that we'd have, we lost, especially against Everton and and the, the likes. I mean, we wouldn't have. We would be somewhere closer to the top by now, probably third or second. So him saying that Pulisic isn't... Um, um, I mean, he's in, he's too good for Chelsea. I mean, what, what, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> I don't even understand. To be honest, I, to be honest, I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even know who he was to that. <laughs> to that it's good. Uh, I laugh because uh, all I can imagine at this point is um, you just putting inserting a gif of what the hell are you talking about. <laughs> 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 oh, there's some of the gifts you gotta. If you haven't followed him already, then some of the gifts that he puts that he puts out are just so apt that they apply very much to to the articles that he uh, that he comments on. So I'll have to see. But yeah, I think I think that just about wraps up all our thoughts on this on on the foot on the game. Really, there was I mean. Thinking of who we've missed out, I'd say Gil and perhaps Gilmore. I mean, he looked so in control. It was against Lee two opposition, but he did very. He was he was very very impressive. Yeah, like, I think I think that the whole team. I don't really think anybody had a bad performance, and like the team that started, I think they all did very very well. Probably like like I'll say uh, like like I said earlier, Werner didn't really impress. Even though he scored the goal, he didn't really impress that much. But you could see that the goal built his confidence, and he was getting more and more into the game. So, and to see that Werner wasn't uh, wasn't the best player is even an understatement because I, I think everybody it's it's not really fair because everybody did very very well. Everybody did everybody on the on the pitch did very well. So, I mean, it's not really but I think the standout players it should it it will be between Havertz and um, Hudson. Ziyech was also fantastic, but standout players, I'll give it to Havertz and, and Odoi. Both Havertz and Hudson Odoi were, it's, it's just, especially Hudson Odoi, I think, I, I think he got Chelsea man out of the match yesterday. It was very deserved. His, we, I think we definitely missed it against for most of Man City, but his directness and his, yeah, confidence to take anyone on and yeah. the fear, I, I, you can definitely tell that defenders are scared of him and they kind of, Give him the space. Yeah, I think. But, I think one. Yeah. I think one thing I didn't really like about Hudson in the past. He's a very, very good player. He's a good talent. But like I said, like I said earlier, he he will dribble and dribble and dribble to the corner line, and then he <laughs> and then and then take it uh, the corner post, and then take it back to the defenders. He he's not. Really, he wasn't really direct like how he's playing now, and I think he's maturing as he grows. He's maturing, so his game is getting better. And I don't even doubt that Bayern Munich will come for him again. I don't doubt that they'll they'll try again, but whether they'll get him is another issue. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's only re- I mean, what he was only in the summer where he signed a five year contract. So if they can maybe slip in, uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, that's an interesting question. If if uh, Bayern Munich came and said, oh, we'll, we want Hudson Odoi and we'll give you any player that you want from our team, who would you, and you, and you had to accept it, what player would you choose? I think that's a no-brainer. Like, Alfonso Davis. I'm taking Alfonso Davis any day 
So you're <laughs> you're sacking off chill you're sacking off the fifty million we just no, spent no, you on said, Joel. You said you said you have to accept this. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean like right. Joel is good. Joel is fantastic. I'm not going to rub rub that off. But Alfonso David is on different level. And the guy is just nineteen years, man. Yeah. I I mean he's he's one of his one player I envy a lot in that by Nick team. So if I were to if I were to choose, no disrespect to Chilwell, but if I were to choose, he's the one I'm choosing because I feel like Lewandowski. He's he's very very good. Uh, after Alfonso Davis, I might choose Lewandowski, but I think Lewandowski is also growing. He has given his best years to Bayern Munich, so we'll be getting the scraps. Even though he scores goals, we'll still be getting the scraps. So Alfonso Davis is younger, so he would be a better investment, in my opinion. It's a fair answer, although I, I, I love Chili Bees too much to, so to who, be able to admit it. But so Chili B, who, <laughs> who are you with? I'm giving the oh man, jeez, <laughs> you see how you see how they've got this. If it was in the summer, I would have said Tiago and, and some more money, but yeah. There's no choice. We have to. We have to say, uh, David. Uh, sorry, it's late for me. <laughs> yeah, there's no choice. There's no. There's no one else. It has to be Alfonso Davies, and we just find another way to sell, sell Chilwell or play two fullbacks, two play left left backs. Sorry, or maybe we just play him at left left wing as a. Yeah, but he was, who knows? Me, he was a left winger before he became a left back. So probably yeah. cool. then. He's the reason why he's been so insane is yeah because just having that pace in defence. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, Joel, you're going. <laughs> we, nah. hope, we hope you never listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Yeah, yeah. So it, we'll put a thumb that we'll. At least we have our YouTube title. Ben Chilwell, do not listen to this podcast at forty-eight <laughs> minutes. Yeah, there's our title. <laughs> but yeah, I think that wraps up for the Morecambe game. And Drew, yeah. right now, let's put our London Derby caps on. One second, let me fetch my. No, I don't have a London cap derby, but I need one. Um, but yeah, so well, looking at form, <laughs> I thought, oh well, Fulham might have might have close form to us, but Fulham they've drawn the past four game in the Premier League, and they lost the fifth. They haven't won a Premier League game since. I think they beat West. They beat West Brom at the start of November, two 0 and we drew to West Brom three three. So, oh, this is we got to take these guys seriously now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, we need this. We need. A, I. I can't really say any more than we have to win. Um, there's no it's like the meme of uh, I think uh, I, I, it's Mourinho when it's like I'm not putting any pressure on you to win but yep. and then it's like they put some <laughs> silly quotes in but we have to win <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting any pressure on us to win but we have to win yeah. so yeah that's it pretty much we gotta like if we lose this Arsenal could uh, no Arsenal could not it's not that bad yet. Arsenal can't overtake us yet. But if we lose this, we go level with our, we might go level with Arsenal. So yeah, it's we gotta kind of put our top four uh 
well, yeah, top four is going to get serious in the next five, ten games. So, yeah, we definitely need to win the game. But and other than that, it's a London derby. We can't lose to Fulham, can we, Amart? We can't. We can't even draw to Fulham. We've got to win them, beat them, don't we? Yeah, definitely. We have to. <laughs> we have to. They are. They are eighteenth. I mean, <laughs> they. They. They definitely will put up a fight. They definitely will come out to play. Um, we are going. Are we going away or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are playing away. Uh, yes, it, it is away. Yes, we are playing away. So, <laughs> our our away form hasn't been the best so far. Our away form has been very very bad. I think the last few games we lost to um Everton. Who else did we lose to? I think we lost to somebody else away, and then we um, lost to Wolves. We lost to Wolves. We lost to Wolves at home away. And we lost to Arsenal away as well. So our away form is very, very bad. But I think with Fulham, we, we definitely have to. And and those factors that were there, like, I mean, those factors, as in we didn't have certain players available, certain players weren't on good form. I think those things have been cleared up a bit because Ziyech is back. He did well against Mokamp. Um, Harvest also had a good game against Mokamp. Werner has broken his goal drought, has ended his goal drought. So, I don't know. I think I'm very confident. I think we can win. I, I hope Charity FC doesn't come back. Charity FC is far away from us. And then we, we go there and take the three points because we really, really need it. Because there are, there are certain games that might go in favor of us this this um, this weekend. So, we need, to, we need to catch up. We need to catch up. Agreed. But I think... Some interesting news has come out, but we'll talk about it after the Fulham game, but also after the after we go into our lineups. But I think let's go with uh, other than the importance of the game. I think we yeah, let's just go straight in with our lineups for goalkeeper. Uh, I'm going Kepa, but I think you said before that fair enough that you'd probably stick with Mendy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll I'll prefer Mendy starting for him to do a mistake than Kepa starting for him to do a mistake. I don't know whether, yeah, I'll prefer Mendy because I think everybody would um, prefer seeing Mendy in. But if Kepa starts and he, and he messes up, the the blame will be too much. Like the toxicity on Twitter will be way too much. So I think Mendy is the safest bet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it's, it's probably is the safer bet. So but, uh, let's see what happens. But for the back four, I think Reese James is still out. Uh, I'm not sure. Do, do, have you heard anything about him coming back into training? Uh, I think we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait. They've not really trained, or have they? After the Morecambe game, they haven't trained yet. And um, um, Lampard hasn't really had any press conference yet. So, But for now, I think it's out. I think Kante too. I don't know. I think it's also out. Yeah. Um, Kante is suspended, I think, for the full yeah, game anyway. So He had a knock... It was reported that I had a knock in the last game, and then, and then um, the suspension as well. So, I think Gilmore is a Gilmore is a very good replacement. I'm hoping Gilmore starts instead of Jorginho. I'm hoping Gilmore starts in the opposition instead of Jorginho. I think Gilmore would be a better um, option. Sometimes Jorginho, you don't really know um, if if the if um, how should I say it? If the pressure is on us or the attack, is we are always on the back foot. He, he he finds problems out there. He finds problems. But when we are when we are the ones attacking or probably we are 
one goal, two goals up. That's when he's 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 very very good. But when we're on the back foot, he doesn't. He he's not good under pressure. I think that's how I'll say it. He's not really good under pressure. So Gilmore is good, and I like how Gilmore is. Gilmore is. I think Gilmore is that kind of traditional midfielder. He gets the ball. He already knows he wants to do with the ball. He gets it, passes the ball, one-touch passes, and it's done. He doesn't keep long on the ball. He doesn't do anything fancy with the ball. He just moves play forward, and that's good. So with him and Havertz in the team, along with side uh, mounts, I think that would be good. <laughs> I've already jumped up. I've already jumped up. Yeah, Amart, uh, the lineups don't conform to Amart's <laughs> way of. Uh, sorry, no, Amart's does not conform to the way. No, which way is it at? Nah, Amart decides. We decide what, what CFC Talk decides what this lineup order is going to be. So, <laughs> going back to the back four, we can skip Gilmore at least when it comes round to it. But the rest of the back four, I think it's pretty. It's 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 quite comforting to say that we pretty much know what it will be. It will be Aspi. Zuma, Thiago Silva, yeah. and Joel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ah, uh, imagine, imagine. Think, think back to last year and the year before, where every week it would be a new lineup <laughs> or a new, a new, new back four. Sorry, and we'd all be guessing, and we wouldn't really know. But now it's like, yeah. I think, I think, we have I think with Sari, it was, it was mostly the same uh, back four, but with Lampard last season, it was, it was, it was. An experiment every time. So <laughs> with this with this time we have our back four and we know the players that are going to play no matter what. Unless they are injured and we even when they are injured, we know who is coming to replace them. But yeah, definitely going to go with that back four. Yeah. I mean in the midfield, I are we are you think are you saying are you thinking we go with the same midfield that we'll play against Morecambe? Since we have essentially a week break, so uh, or, or yeah, because the game, the Fulham games, got moved back by a day. So I mean, my line, my midfield three is going to be would be Havertz, Gilmore, Mount. But are you thinking the same or slightly yeah, different? Yeah, the same thing. I'm just, I'm just a bit worried that Lampard might go with Jorginho instead of um, Gilmore. But for me, I think I'll prefer Gilmore there. Yeah, I would too. It's just. Uh... I Jorginho is is one of my favorite players, but it's more it's not necessarily from a playing point, but from his mentality and how he always inspires the rest of the guys. I think, but it's it, I th- I do think it's clear that Gilmore has what he has and and more and more aggression and more kind of directness in his pass and probably of the quickness. Uh, I don't know. You just don't really see Gilmore getting completely... Well, to be fair, in the Morecambe game, there was one or two times where a defender... Sorry, a Morecambe attacker would just skip past uh, Gilmore, but his Gilmore's aggression and his directness of heart or his kind of forward thinking, like you said, is is too good to pass down on. I do hope he gets a start in the, in the Premier League. But then go, and then going on to the forwards, oh, it's, it's tough. tough. <laughs> and yeah... But I mean, yeah, I I would play Timo. I would play I'd go Ziyech and Hudson Doy. So, is, but I'd understand if you wanted to if you wanted to change at least Werner for Abraham. But what what's your thinking? I mean, I want to see Werner. I don't know because because he has scored his goal. It would be very harsh 
to bench him because I think the goal that he scored gave him a little bit of confidence. So why don't you ride on it and see where it goes? But I I, I don't want to see him benched up. I'll I'll pick him up top. And then yeah, this is where the issue is whether we'll go with Tatsunodai or Pulisic. I mean, consent con considering how well Odoi was, I'll pick him over Pulisic. And Pulisic also has like he got the advantage also last season. Whenever he played well, he started, and I think that's how it's that, that's how it's supposed to be. I think some this season Lampard has favored some. Let's say, should I say some? I think Werner, Werner, Werner especially he has favored him a lot. He, yes, he, he sometimes has too much confidence in him to perform in certain games, but certain games too, you know the guy is tired, you know his his lacking confidence, so you shouldn't be starting him in certain games, but. For this one, I think he'll benefit from starting. And like I said, there's no better team than Fulham for him to really get his goals back up. No disrespect to Fulham, but I think with this game, if Havertz is in, ZS is in, um, Hudson on the left, and then with him in the middle, I think they'll do well. So yeah, so I'm going to go with ZS, Werner, and um, Hudson. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd agree. It's... These guys are probably the most informed. Although, in fairness to Tammy Abraham, he did do well to create uh, the crossing attempt, the crossing attempt for Asp to put the ball yeah. in for Havertz. So, I'd understand if he, if if Lampard did want to start with um, Tammy, but I think, yeah, we do need to start Werner to get his confidence up. But yeah, I think that's kind of sums it up again for our podcast. There is one extra thing I wanted to talk about, which was. The fifth round, have you seen the fifth round draw results? So there was the fourth round so where we know we're going to be playing against Luton, but they've also decided who we might, if we do beat Luton, uh, play um, in the next round. And have you have you no, seen, I that? seen that? I only saw the the draw. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see who will play after that. So luckily, we've. Um, so if we do beat Luton... Okay. We will either come up against Barnsley or Norwich, oh. so that's that's pretty that's good, good for us. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that is good. Looking at the other draws, so obviously there's the big one of United Liverpool, and they will probably play West Ham or Doncaster. So that's that's good. That means that they'll that's knocking out a couple of. Uh, Knocking up a, out a couple of West uh, Premier League teams, it's interesting that Sheffield United have. Uh, they, so the winner of Sheffield United Plymouth, so and Plymouth are like League One play against the winner of Millwall versus Bristol. So essentially, in the FA Cup quarterfinals, there's going to be at least a couple of easy teams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, available. So yeah, then Fulham Burnley play against. So th there's quite a few ties which will end up knocking out. Premier League opposition, so it's. I do think we will have a at least. And it's good to see that one of only one of Liverpool or Man United yeah. will 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 be at the. Up I mean, there. they'll play them. They'll play them twice in the month. They'll play. They'll, they'll play each other yeah. twice in the month. I remember there was a time where didn't we play Arsenal? We I think we played Arsenal in the league, and then we played Arsenal in the cup like three days yeah. later. Yeah. I think I think I was. Uh, 1718 I think it was Conte I can't remember it might have been like it might have been sorry I'm just sorry but yeah 
I mean, it's, it's a good, it's yeah, a good I show. I mean, this we should yeah, we, should, we should be beating Luton, but I don't. You might never know. We should be beating them, but yeah. you don't know what kind of team that they will put out, and they might yeah. be out for blood, and then we might be relaxed. But I think with the approach Lampard is going with, is taking with the FA Cup, you can clearly see he wants to win it because you see my. Yeah. Uh, did you see my um, lineup? predictions for the match i put a lot of youth players in there but lampard was like nope i'm taking this seriously <laughs> i want to win it because i, I was expecting Anjorin to start i was expecting bait to start i was expecting certain players to start. i was even expecting lawrence to be in defense but it didn't happen that way so and and i yeah like i said i think he's taking it very very seriously if you look across the other teams i think apart from i think united and um Liverpool, they put their best squad in because they were facing tough opposition. But apart from them, other teams kind of put in a lot of youth players. And yeah, I think Lampard wants to win this. Yeah, it's fair. I think he does, especially after last year with missing out on the final. I do uh, missing out in the final. It's yeah, really hope. I th- I do think he definitely wants to go for go for it and really win a trophy as Chelsea yeah, manager. I think if. If if he had must... won last season, it would I think he would have more fans on his side now, especially when we were going through those um the the rough patches. He would have more fans on his side, like how Ateta is having, because Ateta's defenders are just saying that he won the FA Cup, he won the FA Cup. So like we can we we could, he would also have that like as a title winning uh, manager. So one interesting other thing before we go is that I think I saw there's a Fabrizio Romano tweet in the past hour saying that um, there's a new potential transfer for Keo Tomori. AC apparently AC Milan have contacted Chelsea about Tomori, but the main target for them is still uh, Mohamed Simakan, who plays for Strasbourg. Yeah. But if apparently if they if that target for them collapses or doesn't doesn't work out for them, then Tomori. Then AC Milan will go for tomorrow. I think that would be good. That would be, Which, that would be very good because yeah. I think most defenders benefit the most when they play in Italy because of how difficult um, um, their league is and how, how how should I even put it? How physical their league is. I think compared to yeah. the Premier League, their league might be a little bit more physical than ours. So most defenders. I think the best defenders come from Italy because of um, how fiscal that league is. So if he can do well there, if he can go there and do well there, I think he can do well anywhere. So it will be good for him to go to to go to go um, AC Milan. Plus kind of use, use it as some street cred for making a cheeky Donnarumma inquiry. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the Donnarumma rumours really confuse me. It's like... Are we gonna discard Mendy that that yeah, fast? I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where I sit on that whole transfer thing. Uh, I don't know. And and coupled with the fact that his his agent is Raiola. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Not sure if we have any players with uh who are, have Raiola as a as a agent. Yeah, because of the demands, like the play, the agent fees, and all those demands, and I don't know. It's. <laughs> It's not really. It, 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 there was a time that Donnarumma nearly left AC Milan because he was demanding a lot of money. It wasn't. It wasn't him. It was his money. It was his agent. His agent was the one that was pushing him to do that. So I don't want him to bring that same. 
he has changed a bit as he's as, again as he grows he's changing because when he did that he was he was younger so i don't know but viola working with viola isn't really a good thing because right now you see the rumors that he's throwing about um pogba saying that pogba wants to leave pogba is leaving and all that he's creating more confusion in the in the, in the manchester united club so i don't know it's a weird one also, it's it's a shame that Haaland, I think, also has Raiola as the agent. So, yeah. but uh, Haaland's more of a pipe dream. I think I'd, it's crazy to think where he would even fit in when we already have three strikers. But that's a that's a conversation for another pod. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anything else to add? I think before we kind of yeah, conclude, um, um, I think I'll, it's unfortunate that we didn't have time to talk about. But I think. Um, I want to um, how do I say, talk about the women's team. They played against um, Raiden this weekend, and they did. Was it with this weekend? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, they played yesterday, and Kirby scored four goals, and G came on to score the last goal. So, I mean, she did very, very well. I watched a little bit of that game, and then I watched the highlights as well. I mean, Kirby is my favorite favorite player when it comes to the women's team. He, she was the reason why I started following all those years ago. So. She uh, she did very well, and and considering how difficult things have been for her because she she battled an illness, I forgot what illness it was, but she battled an illness, and it was very difficult for her, um, not coming on, not not being able to play with the team, and she didn't really know what her future would be. She recovered and she has come back to the team, and from the first game that she played when she came back, she has been excellent throughout. Like, she has been even better than when the 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 way she was before she went and I mean I'm given I just want to give her props for that because the four the four goals were all fantastic all fantastic goals it's interesting it's in the same kit where the, the red and blue that Giroud had more for the four goals so maybe this kit just gives us gives our players special powers to score sometimes, four goals in the game sometimes I, I don't really want to praise that just that that kit but like and 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 it it goes very very well when the women play where it's like I, I was telling somebody before the season started that if I see this kit on the ladies team and it works that means the team the the the, the kit is good but if it doesn't work then the kit is there's no hope for the kit but it, <laughs> it worked well when they when they wear it and I think when Chelsea also wins in them it makes it. Like bet it makes it better to look at when, when you win. So and like you said, Juru scored four goals in it, and then she has scored four goals in it. So <laughs> I think we should, we should wear that against Fulham. Yeah, we should. <laughs> and then t- maybe Timo would get four goals. But yeah, just <laughs> but adding on to that, like I I, I don't well, I I admit that I need to watch a, more of the women's team. But whenever I do, it just Frank Kirby really does strike me as. Pretty much Eden Hazard reincarnated yeah. <laughs> as a thing, as a woman. So, it yeah, she really is uh, inspiration. She's definitely one of the reasons why I, I like the women's way. I when I do watch the women's team, it's so enjoyable. She just makes the game so fun to watch. And yeah, so you de- I, if I were to liken her to any player, it's definitely Hazard for sure. Yeah, I think when when she when she started really coming to form, I think in twenty. 20- I might be wrong on this, but I think in 2015, 20, 2015, 2016, there. But I think even Raiden is in her former team. 
and she scored four goals against them. And I, I don't know, I think a lot of people were comparing her to Hazard because of the way she was playing, the way she was very, very influential. There are some games, there were some games back then that you you can see that we are we've been completely outplayed. But she somehow comes out with some little little moments of brilliance and then we get goals or she gets assists and she's she's um um bringing that back she's bringing those kind of performances back and and i think with the difference is that this time she's involved in more of the goals as in she's scoring than assisting. even in the past she was still she was still scoring but it wasn't like this and i'm i'm glad that it's like she she has regained this form yeah, that's really nice. It's, it, her story is quite inspirational. Although she's battled for with illness for so long, but has kind of come up on top. And, and but yeah, it's she really is an inspiration. I think. Yeah, the way she's going, she can even win the. If she continues like this, she can even win the women's player of the season. Yeah, right. So I think that's a kind of it's a good note to end on. And yeah, I'd like to, if you are listening at this point, I really appreciate. You listening to what uh, all the way to the end? It's when there's only two of us. Sometimes it's it's hard to. It's, it feels like it's quite hard to get make these last long. But I mean, we're at the hour and eleven mark, and we're still going strong. So <laughs> I'm mean, very impressed. But I it's, I shouldn't be surprised at this point. I think after it's almost like an effort to keep them keep these to less than an hour because there's just so much to talk about but yeah once again Amart, thanks very much for really appreciate you coming on as my usual co-host <laughs> and also yeah thanks to you to the listener and we'll see you in the next one hopefully with Mohammed back where we'll be reviewing the Fulham game and looking forward to our game against Luton oh no to our game against Leicester in midweek on the 19th but until then have a good one and we'll see you in the next podcast.